There are so many reasons not to skip breakfast. So many savory, mouth-watering, tasty, delicious beyond all belief reasons. Actually, that last one was pretty convincing. Stop by for a McDonald's breakfast. Mix and match a sausage biscuit, sausage McMuffin, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Any two for just two bucks. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Any deviation from my instructions will result in the immediate execution of your daughter. Don't underestimate us, John. Use that good Southern common sense of yours. It is up to you now, John. Well, the hint was pineapple. Mm. So I took the very little pineapple juice that we had on hand and added some stuff to it. Okay. (laughs) Um, So I added some... Uh, so it's a little bit of pineapple juice, a little bit of orange juice, some Malibu rum, some Deep Eddie's orange vodka, and I suppose that's it. Mm. Oh, a little bit of Oregat. I almost feel guilty drinking these drinks. A little bit. Not almost. Like, I do. I feel I feel guilty drinking these drinks. Yeah, I'm already drunk. Just uh, nurse it over the course of the recording. Who'd have thunk that I would be the one that's concerned about that? When we started this diet. That's good. Have you weighed yourself lately? Um, I was down five pounds the other day. That's awesome. Since we started. Yeah. So we have a brand new Taco Supremo who joined us on talkmurder.com. That's exciting. Yeah. So we've had, we, like I've been mentioning, so we have, have had a lot of really interesting threads on the forum about, you know, Chuck E. Cheese and the pizza conspiracy. Which I saw just a video on BuzzFeed and they make their pizza Hand, they do their pizza handmade there at the Chuck E. Cheese. That's what they say. That's what everyone says. There was a video in the kitchen. Like I'm just was, telling you, watch the hour and a half video that's on there. I mean, every it's pizza excellent. Well, touches the pizza with their hands. I mean, obviously, when you watch an hour and a half video about a conspiracy, they're going to try to sway you one way or the other. Same way they do in Making a Murderer and... The staircase. Yeah, but their pizza came out all screwed up. Because, like... I'm just saying, just watch the documentary. <laughs> I'm, watch not disbelie- I'm not disbelieving. It would be different just- if the pizza didn't actually come out But like, apparently this up. is a thing, and people, like the guy who Shane did Dawson the thing... Or- yeah, Shane Dawson. He knew a f- friend who worked there, and she said it, and he's like, now she could be lying. Uh, so, like, totally, you so know... So you think he fabricated it? Because I was thinking that, too. Maybe he paid that person to drop that pizza. No. I think that he is someone that likes to get a rise out of people um, just for, like, sensational videos. Because he's a YouTuber. That's what he does for a living. I'm not saying all YouTubers are like that, but I'm just saying. But apparently this is it. I mean, it was the first time that I heard it, but it's not the it's not the first time that that conspiracy theory has been brought up whatsoever. And maybe a small sample. It happens at Chuck E. Cheese. I don't think it. I don't think that you can run a business and have a health inspection and have a passing health inspection score. I'm not saying that all Chuck E. Cheeses are 100 percent like innocent of it. I just am playing devil's advocate. I'm saying if you have a grade A health standard is it grade a though yeah i I mean well well, i mean some of them maybe have a b i don't know but like i'm just saying to be a big national corporation 
to have this come out, it, you would you would see like you don't hear about Chuck E. Cheese's being closed down indefinitely because they are are you know that's like a that's like a major health violation. You know what I mean? True, but they've also like legitimately had things found in their play areas. Yeah, remember, that, and they're like, still running. Sub, that's true. Subway like was dead, making their bread like out of yoga mats, and, and they're still around. Yeah. Like they had that yoga mat thing. Yeah. Remember the, chemi- the bread yeah, was the made chemical. out of yoga mat chemicals? Not that it it contained a chemical that yeah. was found in yoga mats. And they're still kicking. Yep. I'm just saying that the I just I don't know if it's as big of a thing mm, as it may not be, but the video and the other things that I, um our taco supremacists were talking about in the forum were very compelling. Mm, okay. And it definitely makes you want to throw up when you watch it and think I, I really wish I never ate a Chuck E. Cheese in my life. But, well, I never have. But anyway, so Shannon joined the shenanigans Shannon. on these forums. And Shannon has some really interesting stories that connect to some serial killers that we've covered. Part of that, she says, is just comes with living in Washington State. But Shannon said that her brother worked at that paint. You know how he was like the painter for the, that trucking company? Yeah, Gary Ridgeway. with him. So my brother Scott worked with the fucking monster Gary Ridgway at the Kenworth Truck Company in Renton back in the late 90s, early 2000s. I think management knew he was being investigated. So behind his back, they referred him as GR, Green River Gary. Hmm. Oh, that's a kind of funny tidbit. Before people knew this, my bro ham said that he was a really nice guy, <laughs> very soft spoken, got along with everyone, but tended to keep to himself. He and my brother were on the same detail and he would exchange pleasantries, but not talk a whole lot. He was super religious because he sometimes saw him sitting under the staircase at work breaks reading the Bible. They thought he was in some church class because he had a highlighter and would highlight script. That's why people didn't want to believe the GR rumors because he seemed so devout and meek. Also, I guess he was kind of scrawny. Mm. Any hoozle. When they found some of the bodies, he had torn out the pieces of the Bible passages and put them in the bodies. Mm. Of course, this caused week-long dry heaves for all the people at Kenworth who saw him highlighting verses. Oh, yeah. I'll ask my brother more about it when I talk to him next. Oh, shit. I forgot to tell you about Bundy. Not much of a great story, but he grew up in Tacoma where my family lived, and he was my aunt's paper boy. She said that he was a very nice kid, and she would always tip him extra, and he would mow her lawn. A co-worker's brother was actually best friends with him in elementary school, and I guess he used to go over their house and play whenever he was young, or when he was young. He also said he didn't display signs of creepsterness at the time, but this was in the 50s when his parents were still kids, when they were still kids. Growing up in Tacoma during the 80s was super creepy, though, so I wasn't allowed to go outside after sunset without my brother. My mom said she thought she saw his bronze VW bug driving around, but he could have been just visiting his mom. I think that's when he went before he went to Utah. In any case, I live and work near his hunting grounds by the University of Washington, so I'll send you some updates on location picks. His Cheers. Hunting grounds. Oh my god. So like how how crazy is it that she is not only connected to one serial killer but two? Like, I wonder maybe she's connected to him even more. Maybe yeah. she is currently working as a serial killer and she's trying to like scope out her next victims. By listening Which to our us? podcast, Maybe. I hope she doesn't kill us. Maybe she's trying to get ideas. You know? um, Although, I mean, like when you die, don't they like, erase all of your debt? <laughs> no, it gets passed on yeah. to your next of kin. <laughs> I don't have a next of kin. Yeah, you do. It goes to your parents. It goes to whoever's responsible for well, you. Well, that's stupid. It's not their fault that, that I'm educated. That doesn't go away. Well, Somebody has dumb. to pay for it. Yeah, I'm just yeah. going to go find someone's ledger and erase Even it. Even when you're in heaven or hell... 
you have to still pay for your debt. I'll probably be in purgatory for a little while. Well, then you got to pay until you. That's when you can get out of purgatory. So when you pay off your student loans. But I'm poor. I'm working for the children. <laughs> um, what else did you say? Oh, so Shannon also sent us some pictures of this bar that uh, Ted Bundy used to hang out at. It used to be called Dante's. Yeah, Dante's. But, but now, like Inferno. Yes, but oh. now they. It was. It was like a comedy club, but that's now they renamed the, it Laughs Comedy Club. That's where he abducted one of his victims. I can't remember which one. Oh, Dante's. So crazy shit, Shannon. Welcome to the Taco yeah, Supremo Club. Yes, welcome. Shannon, you fit in really well. And also we watched Ted Bundy's favorite book was Papillion. Oh, yeah, that was a good movie. And we watched mm-hmm. the movie. It's on Amazon. Is it Amazon, right? Yeah, yeah Amazon Prime. It's on Amazon Prime. It's called Papillion. It's Charlie Hunnan like, and Rami Malek. Yeah, it's got that guy from Bohemian Rhapsody. In which it. I ordered on Amazon. And, so that will be and Mr. Robot, which yes. is a really good show. Mr. Robot. He's going to win. I think he's going to win Best Actor at the Oscars this year. I wouldn't doubt it. I think he's going to. He won the Golden Globe. He might win a spot on my list. Really? Maybe. I don't know. He's going to knock Christian Bale off your number one spot? No. Surprise shots. Surprise shots. We don't know what they are because they're a surprise. (laughs) That was a lot. That was like two girls in one cup. Babe. Cheers. <coughs> oh, what the fuck was that? <coughs> what the shit was that? Ah, ah. What the hell? That shot was courtesy of Will. Oh. Will, are you trying to kill us? <laughs> he hates us. <laughs> well, I thought he literally it was almost good. killed me. Uh. Um, so Will uh, picked up our tab this week. Thanks, Will. And he bought us some Deep Eddie's orange vodka. Maybe it's because we haven't. We've been on a diet. Um, maybe it's because I have that weird taste in my mouth. We haven't had sugar in like three weeks, and now I'm like already sugar fixed and slightly buzzed. I'm not buzzed yet. Let but let this drink take you for the whole. Take me for the whole, whole ride. ride. Take me all the way down into the ditch, into <laughs> <laughs> at least to the IHOP parking lot. <laughs> so anyway, so well, we have a couple more reviews to read out loud. We do. All right, this one from HML803 says, love this podcast. Uh, Love the podcast so much. Such good content. Nicole, John, and Jen, you rock. Very entertaining. Love this podcast. This is a great podcast. If you love true crime and murder mysteries, you won't be disappointed. JoJo792 says, amazing podcast and very funny and interactive. CEEGZ12 says, mind blown, unreal stories, and I can't stop listening. Now or never says riveting and fun, such a fabulous podcast and will satisfy even the most discerning true crime content fanatics would highly recommend. And Max 629 says great podcast, just started it, but I'm already a big fan. Sweet. Well, we've got quite a few new reviews, but Chevette Chevette is the clear winner of our swag bag. So Chevette. Um, in order to claim your prize, please email John, J-O-N, at talkmurder.com, and um, and we'll send you some stickers. We're going to send you The Stranger Beside Me, uh, signed copy by all of us, and some other cool stuff we're just going to throw in there. Jen, where are we going? Who are we killing? Hmm. I think that we're going to go to Hawaii. Hawaii. Wait, no one says it like that. Actually, my grandmother used to say it like Hawaii? that. She would correct everyone who would say the word Hawaii and say, it's Hawaii. It is Hawaii. 
It's it's got a W in it. Uh, yeah, but, but apparently Germans correct. <laughs> Germans Germans pronounce yeah, W okay. like V. Yeah, they're, they're not, not German. <laughs> no, I know they're not. Um, no, I, apparently that's what they Hawaii how Hawaiians pronounce it is oh, well, what she used to say. I don't know. Well, Hawaiians can you know whatever. I think we're going into either Hawaii or somewhere in the Caribbean. Actually, oh, I was going to say Caribbean. All right. Well, you can say Caribbean. I'll say Hawaii. Hawaii. We're going to Hawaii. I think that someone is allergic to pineapple and is like unbeknownst to them served a dish with pineapple mm. in it. Oh, a pineapple killer. Very interesting. I like that. If it was coconut, I would say somebody like chucked coconut. Gets hit on the head with a coconut. You know, and they a die. lot of people die from coconuts yeah, more, falling on their head. More people die that way than shark attacks. I think we should and, put a PSA And you know what out. else happens more than shark attacks? People get Knock the vending machine knocked over on them because they get yes. angry about the snacks getting stuck. Yeah, which is very like very. What's the word? I'm th- what? It's a Can sad you imagine way like walking out of Walmart and there's like a dead woman underneath a vending machine? Yeah, it'll be me. <laughs> <laughs> your your hand would still be on the Cheetos. Like <laughs> no, it won't Damn be on the Cheetos because I'm waiting. I couldn't get it out of the thing. Like I, I'm very cautious about vending machines because Why? I have because I have a rage problem. Okay, Jen. I hide it very well. But like at the end of the day, if something gets stuck in the vending machine, first of all, I'll be like, oh, f- fucking course, this happens to me. But then I'll try to get it. Don't you have like a window of it tilting over and falling down? Doesn't it take a while for it to like? I mean, you'll see it tip over and then like. It's got to find its center of balance no, because, and then surpass but it's, heavy, its, so. its tipping point. But you're trying to sh- to rock it back and forth to get the product. Yeah, but I mean, and when you see it's tipping over, don't you have enough a- adequate time to get out of the way? I mean, does it have? No. I feel like it just balances what are you for do? a second. Tuck, tuck and roll? Not everyone is that capable, John. All you got to do is take a step backwards. It's like a five foot tall vending machine. Or you take a step to the side. Do something other than stand there and get crushed by a vending machine. <laughs> Do okay. noted. Okay. Anyway, and that's what that is. That's gonna be the eulogy at my funeral after I b- die from being attacked like, by a vending oh. machine. <laughs> like, like, damn, when I really wanted that beef jerky. <laughs> People are like, <laughs> move out of the way. They they do in the one of my work because that's the only thing that I'll usually get. Yeah, I know it's a good deal. It's only fifty cents for a little thing of beef jerky. There's a whole market. Or not market, but there's a whole YouTube like for beef vending, ma- no vending machine hacks. Uh huh. I used to be really into it. Well, so you put about the, like how to get the paper, free- put the paper clip on no, the dollar bill, but, and you- but like vending machines use software like computers. Yeah. Right. So every update that comes out, people find out how to hack it and can get free snacks and shit. Can you look into this so I can get some free snacks at work? There was this dude that was beef jerky at- and nuts are the only things that I can eat. But other than that. Yeah, type in vending machine hacks. There was this dude at like one of those uh, Chuck like E. Cheeses or whatever. I and he was getting that. like, yes, it is. <laughs> this 100%. guy was getting like uh, PlayStations and all kinds of stuff out of the vending machine. He like PlayStations out of a vending machine. Yeah, you, you know at like uh, the the games? the fun park games where they have like Nintendo games. Yeah, what? yeah. You never been to a fun park? I'm not in a long time where they sell those. I'm just yeah. They I have, remember like, stuffed iPods. animals. Yeah. Can I give my guess now? No. No. All right. I'm going to say 1992, the Caribbean or Caribbean. I'm not really sure. Just like Hawaii, Hawaii, who knows? And I'm going to say there was a couple on a honeymoon together in the Caribbean. And the picture, like the, the honeymoon photo is of the two of them drinking 
their celebratory drinks out of a pineapple. So I think the husband kills the wife on a honeymoon. Interesting. That's a good theory. You know, I went on a cruise once. I've only been on one. But, like, the first day they had these pineapple drinks. And they were, like, served in the pineapple. And I, I had to get one. It was, like, $12. But, you know, I had to, I had to buy it. Jen, Nicole, will you guys come with me, please? Sure. Take me by the hand. Or, actually, I'll take your hands. And we'll travel down this wormhole together. break then we covered this one yes 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 john benet ramsey was a child beauty queen she was five years old that shit freaks me out yeah like honey boo boo she was like honey boo boo but not obese yeah and she was this beautiful little girl and they they live in colorado and her father was pretty wealthy her parents were pretty wealthy she had a brother and on christmas eve that was the last time she was seen. They, the Christmas morning, they woke up and John Bonet was gone. Except she wasn't gone. She was in the basement. I know. And like, the brother was eating pineapple. Yes, that's why. Pineapple. pineapple. That's why I picked oh. pineapple because I didn't want to. I was going to pick Tierra, but you guys knew that Becca had sent this. I did so, know that Becca no, sent yeah, this one. She I knew that Becca. Sent I didn't it. because I ha- I'm guilty of not being so, on the forum very often. Well, this is the- Although I do want to say I was on the forum yesterday and I saw John's post about making my Valentine's Day special. And fuck all you guys because no one sent me anything. <laughs> no one sent you shit. No, I was, and I was also <laughs> one of your presents still hasn't come in yet. Hey, uh, and, and you John's know what? present. They gave us fashion tape instead of John's present. Yeah, they gave me fashion tape instead of my present. No, I yeah. checked because it said that John's was delivered and that and it wasn't John's present. Nicole ordered me fashion tape and I had to figure out what that was. Jen, oh. you tape your boobs up. I know with what fashion tape, tape is. <laughs> Isn't that fucking weird. It's to keep who tapes their boobs. No, up? you, gotta, you no, tape it, fabric to your boobs so, so that, that your dress doesn't oh. fall like down. lean forward. You don't see the your. Did boobs. you keep it? Listen, every, take, let's just clear that. I was like, I read that Nicole yesterday. Nicole bought me fashion tape for her Valentine's Day. And then I, I looked not. it up and she wants me to tape my man boobs up. <laughs> and I was like, tape your at boobs. Least, That's so at least weird. she didn't think that she wants you to like tuck back and like tape your Why would your you dick tape up? them up? I don't get it. Like tape we said, like duct tape. you, you tape, tape fat, like a, if you're wearing a V-neck dress, right? And you need to wear a strapless bra, you tape, you can tape the dress you to tape the bra. Tape the, you tape the dress to, to the bra. skin or to or the bra so that when you lean forward, you don't see your bra. Your Why don't you want people to see your boobs? I don't want anybody to see my boobs. They're seeing them anywhere. You have all this cleavage and now you don't want to see your boobs. You don't see my boobs. Anyway, so fashion tape was delivered instead of John's present and then yours didn't come in this of not scheduled to arrive until Monday but who knows now and then Becca who we're doing the story for I sent her some things and it said it was going to arrive on Saturday and now it's not going to be there until it says Monday or Tuesday so Becca but how do I get my money for it you know like they well, guarantee delivery. Right. So you need to sue them. Well, oh, Jeff Bezos is busy screwing his mistress and sending wiener pics. Well, did you so. know that they brought in like uh, like billions of dollars of profit and did not pay a single penny on yep. taxes? Yeah, they paid like 60 cent or something. <laughs> <laughs> something ridiculous. But getting away from that, I, I do want to say, like, I didn't know that, that you posted that about Valentine's Day. And I had a really shitty Valentine's Day. I was like really depressed um, and felt like alone and unloved. Anyway, but I didn't know that you guys posted that you posted that, and it was so sweet. And it made me so happy about on that on that site, and and then I was like, oh, that was so sweet. But then no one, yeah. no one even responded to it, and I was like, oh. 
Taco Supremo Becca. Um, she sent John a message saying, have you guys ever heard of the Jean Benet story? We responded, yes, definitely infamous. Is that a story you want us to cover? And Becca says, yes, it's crazy because apparently they found the killer, but there are a lot of theories about the family doing it. There's just so many different theories. Um, I didn't know that they found a killer. I That's exactly what, I, what we responded. Oh. Um, so Becca sent a link and... Here we go. Becca, hopefully you are listening to this on Taco Tuesday and you've gotten this little care package that I sent in the mail to you. Hopefully it gets to you. I'm so excited for this story because there there is so many like, uh, I don't even know. Becca, the lovely Becca, Taco Supremo, you requested this story and I was like, sure, I'll do it. And then I found myself down a rabbit hole that I still have not been able to climb out. And so here's what we're doing. This will be part one. We'll at least have two parts, plus during the week for all you Supremos. Now, if you, the episodes will be in full with all the details I can give. But for Talker Supremos on the forum, every day I'll be posting a lot of information about this case because Sweet. this case is extremely complicated and is unsolved, and no one really knows or can say for sure at least what happened so today we're going to be looking at the crime the autopsy report and everything else obviously you know a six-year-old girl jamine ramsey i don't know how much you know of this nicole um i do know that it was like a pageant girl pageant girl yeah and um and i wanted to make the hint tiara or something like that but i was like they'll fucking get it real quick but pineapple is very important to the story it actually was a huge, mm-hmm. huge thing. I think this story was bigger than the OJ story. This story is yeah, it was, was it was a huge freaking story. They found pineapple big. in her stomach, didn't they? Yeah, they mm. found pineapple in her stomach. But um, interesting, which is why we're drinking pineapple drink for Talkas Primos out there. Get on the forum. Let's talk about this. There's at least eight potential suspects Whoa. that are mm-hmm. very. Suspects. That's a, I mean, that's a lot to have eight, high sus- eight potential suspects, but technically seven because they say one is random person, right? If you want to get into the nitty gritty, there are an unlimited amount of suspects. Mm. We're also going to be talking about one of the most compelling aspects of the case, the one that makes it so twisted, the freaking two and a half page ransom mm. note that was found, mm-hmm. which was so specific. Odd. Several forensic psychologists and stuff like that have looked at this note and tried to break it down. It's so strange. Mm-hmm. There's basically two sides to this story. Either you think the family did it or you don't think they did it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't think they did it, then you think an intruder did it. Mm-hmm. Most people sway towards the family. Mm-hmm. And if you guys watch Mindhunter and a lot of our talk of Supremos are huge fans of Mindhunter and John Douglas. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, John Douglas Spent a lot of time with the Ramseys one on one. I mean, this is the hmm. FBI behavioral pro, the guy that started it. Mm-hmm. And he says that they are innocent. Really? Which is freaking insane. Hmm. There's a lot of theories. It's a twisted ass case. So I didn't want to give you all the information now. I'm going to make this an everyday thing. I'm going to be doing John Bernay Ramsey for the next seven days. This case is one of the cases that actually got me interested in true crime. I always remember as a kid 
walking around in Stop and Chop and seeing on People magazine, like, John Bonet, John Bonet. Like, it was this whole yeah. big thing. Like, it's a whole big part of, like, culture during my childhood. I love this case. I love this case. Well, then, who do you think did it, Jen? Oh, I, I think it was her brother. I think it was a family cover-up. It could have been an accident. You um, know, the brother just got paid. They settled. I think it was CNN put out a documentary that implemented him as mm-hmm. a suspect. Mm-hmm. And then they settled at like $750 million. I think it was actually CBS because there was this whole, yeah. there was a whole big, it was a whole to do. How old was her brother? Her brother was, was 10. 10 years old. It, it's, it's a, it is like you said, a, a rabbit hole. It really is. You get sucked in more like a vortex, I think is a more appropriate word. You get sucked in. It, it, it twists and turns a whole lot of ways. The book I'm reading from is The Cases That Haunt Us by John Douglas. Oh, he's the mind hunter guy. Yeah, the mind hunter guy. This book isn't completely about the John Benet Ramsey case, but it's about six or seven cases that are unsolved that he has actually provided his assistance with profiling for. And this was one of the cases that he provided a lot of assistance with. All right, let, let me tell you about this case first. They're in Boulder, Colorado. This case in particular, this very case has destroyed this entire mm-hmm. community and police department. Mm-hmm. You have two detectives that submitted their resignations because they were sick of how things were going. Wow. One that was like, I'm quitting all my years in the force because you guys haven't put the Ramses in prison yet. And the other one, I'm quitting because you guys think he did it. But he meaning the father, the, 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 the Ramses. Okay. I'm quitting because you think the Ramses did it. The other one's like, you haven't put him in prison yet. Wow. This is how, like... It's a very polarizing yes. case. So what makes this case... Why did this case become so incredibly infamous? Um, I think because there was no immediate he done it or who done it. There's a I, lot of the, cases that are like that. Well, the family was wealthy. Wealth, yeah. Um, the daughter was a public figure. There were suspicious circumstances, especially the way that the body was found. And it happened on Christmas. Christmas and her name, John Benet, is odd. Not odd, but it's well different. the father's name is the father's name is John Bennett. Yeah. Ramsey. I know, but like the, really? she's probably the only one that's ever had that name. That even that was an odd name to have you know for me like i think what sticks out there's i I mean you guys are gonna have to fill in a lot of gaps because i don't know a ton about this case so you'll have to like kind of start from the the ground zero with me bottom now we um but i think what like most stands out like i I don't think she was necessarily a public figure until this story came out but i think the child pageantry and like the makeup really made people think that there was was some sort of yeah, like child pornography, like weird. Well, yeah, something that's what going I, that's on. what I meant by public figure. Like because she was very involved in the child pageant, she was she was prestigious in that world. She had a lot of medals, if I remember correctly, and the child pageant pageantry almost per- added years to her, right? Because they didn't see her as a six year old girl; they saw her as no. twelve. And, you know, she's wearing makeup. It's these dresses. It's it, honestly creepy. It, it really is. It really is. Super creepy. Yeah. Like toddlers and tiaras. Like it's like, oh my gosh, look how cute they are. But it's like, no, no it's fucking no. creepy. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, it is creepy. I think it's creepy. And a lot of people think it's fucked up to have their I mean, she was six years old and wearing wigs, makeup, false eyelashes, the whole nine. Yeah. Years. I wonder 
wonder if we have, if we can get in touch with any former child pageant stars to see what their perspective of the life is. Yeah, oh. that'd be interesting. <laughs> I, I think it also depends on the parents because there are some, and especially the mothers, because like father, I mean, there are fathers, I'm sure, that enter their daughters. Which is even creepier, to be honest. It with is. You. It is. But like, let's just let's just generalize and say it's the mothers. I think a lot of it psychologically, like. There's there the mother says like oh look how cute she is like you know and they're like normal and like okay like Sally you have your pageant this weekend whatever and then there are the mothers that like that like you have like dance moms and then you have like pageant moms and like they're trying to live out their you know you know the life that they never got to live they were never Miss America they were never yeah you know beauty did you stars. see Dumplin no I didn't Good I movie. wanted to Netflix. I wanted to watch it I just didn't get a chance to. Um, but I feel like there are, I feel like there are the moms out there who put their daughters through this because they want to live vicariously through them. And that trophy isn't their daughters, it's theirs. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we're going to Boulder, Colorado. I know we've been stuck in Colorado for like the past 10 episodes, it seems like. Colorado, you are the new Canada. This case is fucking crazy. And it, it really doesn't make is. any sense. It and appeared to be in a very nice neighborhood. It would be super very weird. Nice neighborhood. 22 years later, if the news came out, local podcasters uh, talk murder to me, solve a case that has baffled everyone in you the fucking world. You think we're going to solve this case? Wouldn't that be fucking wild? You think we're going to solve this case? <laughs> Maybe. Fuck. You never know, man. Hey. <laughs> that could be our claim to fame. Your lottery ticket right there, Jim. Yeah, for real. I could pay off my student loans real quick. You had detectives quitting their jobs because of this case that worked on it for years. (laughs) Nailed it. We solved it in one fucking episode. They do have a really nice house. I love like the old English Tudor style houses. I know that's not specifically a Tudor style house, but it reminds me of those. Well, you should buy it, Jen. I think it's still for sale. Um, no, thank you. The the person that bought it. Well, you know what? I, how I feel about bad juju in houses. Like yeah. I'm not here for murder houses. So, where should we start this case? <sighs> Let's start it with a 911 call that started it all. Oh, oh yes, the 911 call. Love it. Oh, I love this case. I can't wait. Let's go. 't she apparently tried to hang out the phone that's how detailed this case gets people mm-hmm. analyze the 911 call to a level that I've 
you've never seen before. Mm-hmm. I mean, all kind. They're trying to pick up background noises. Yep. It's insane. They say that you can hear the brother in the background, but they said that no one else was up in the, in the, at the time when the call happened. Like, that's one of the arguments. Yeah. All right. We're going to 755 15th Street in Boulder, Colorado. And this house, the the Ramsey house, was bought in 2004 by the daughter of tele-evangelist Robert Schuller, and they seem batshit crazy as well. So Weird. <laughs> We're going to 1996. 23rd of December, the Ramseys host a Christmas party. Mm-hmm. The 25th of December is the last time John Bonet is seen alive. Now, I'm going to get way into detail. I'm just kind of giving you the overview. The 26th of December at 5.52 a.m. is when that 911 call was placed. Eight minutes later, police arrived. Okay, so she's last seen, what day did you say? She's last seen the 25th. Okay, that evening when she goes to bed. Yes. The police get there, and I'm going to talk about how they completely botched this case. There was only one detective. Everything you can do possibly wrong was done possibly wrong, including moving evidence, like having uh, too many people in the house, like not controlling the situation. Everything that could have been wrong with the crime scene was done wrong. The reason that Patsy called 911 is because she found a ransom note. It's two and a half pages. So there's a ransom note. You look at it. So that's how it's written. Mr. Ramsey, listen carefully. We are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign faction. We scratch out respect your business, but not the country that it serves. At this time, we have your daughter in our possession. She is safe and unharmed. And if you want her to see 1997, you must follow our instructions to the letter. You will withdraw $118,000 from your account. $100,000 will be in $100 bills and the remaining $18,000 in $20 bills. Make sure that you bring adequate size attache to the bank. When you get home, you'll put the money in a brown paper bag. I will call you between 8 and 10 a.m. tomorrow to instruct you on the delivery. The delivery will be exhausting, so I advise you to be rested. If we monitor you getting the money Early, we might call you early to arrange an earlier delivery of the money and hence an earlier delivery, which is crossed out, pickup of your daughter. Any deviation from my instructions will result in the immediate execution of your daughter. You will also be denied her remains for proper burial. The two gentlemen watching over your daughter do not particularly like you, so I advise you not to provoke them. Speaking to anyone about your situation, such as the police, FBI, etc., will result in your daughter being beheaded. If we catch you talking to a stray dog, she dies. If you alert bank authorities, she dies. If the money is in any way marked or tampered with, she dies. You will be scanned for electronic devices, and and if any are found, she dies. You can try to deceive us, but be warned that we are familiar with law enforcement, countermeasures, and tactics. You stand a 99% chance of killing your daughter if you try to outsmart us. Follow our instructions, and you stand a 100% chance of getting her back. You and your family are under constant scrutiny as well as the authorities. Don't try to grow a brain, John. You are not the only fat cat around, so don't think that killing will be difficult. 
Don't underestimate us, John. Use that good Southern common sense of yours. It is up to you now, John. Victory. S-B-T-C. What the fuck? Welcome to another episode of Ask Tomorrow. I'm your host, Tomorrow. Better sleep makes for a better me. And Casper's cooling collection has everything hot sleepers need to keep cool all night long. Like the Wave Hybrid Snow Mattress for over 12 hours of cooler sleep. Okay, next caller. Hi, tomorrow. I need to break up with my boyfriend. Any suggestions? Uh, get him a breathable mattress protector. It helps hot sleepers stay cool. I think I'll just go with flowers. Yeah, none of my exes appreciated the mattress protector either. Casper, love your tomorrow. At Huntington, we've been asking ourselves, can we make saving money any easier? And we think we've solved it. Introducing Money Scout. It analyzes your spending habits, income, and expenses to find money not being used in your checking account then pushes it to savings automatically. Why would a bank do that? Just to help people thrive. That's how we reinvent banking. Huntington, welcome. Subject to eligibility, terms, conditions, and account agreements. Learn more and enroll at Huntington.com slash Money Scout. What a bizarre note. Yeah. So what do they think SBTC stands for? No one knows. There's different theories, but... That is like the furthest thing from people knowing what that is. I'm just saying it's interesting. I know a lot of detail was in the handwriting and it looks forced and squiggly at the beginning as if someone was trying to either write with their opposite hand. Like if you look at like. Oh, the, yeah. That's it. That's all I, have I to can say see the, the opposite hand thing for sure. If I were to write with my opposite hand, it would probably look like that. The first thing before we break down the letter, let's talk about the letter placement because a lot of people don't talk about that. So you kidnap John Bonet. She's upstairs in her bedroom. You have a ransom note. Where would you think most likely that note would be placed? On the bed. Yeah. On the bed. Where where she was taken from. In the bathroom, on the kitchen counter. Mm -hmm. It was placed on the spiral staircase mm -hmm. on the actual stairs coming down, which is a very odd placement for a ransom letter. Just something to think about. All right. This is uh, from psychologist Stephen A. Diamond, Ph.D. The letter was placed on the stairs either by Patsy in order to deceive John or by Patsy and John conjointly after John Bonet was accidentally or intentionally killed that morning. But then in the latter scenario, there would have been no need to stage it sitting on the stairs in the first place. Mm -hmm. So like, why would someone put it on the stairs and not on the bed mm -hmm. where they abducted her from? It's just, that is just weird in itself. Even before you even look at a letter, the it's just weird, the placement. Less DNA on the bed. Now the letter was on tab paper that was actually owned by the Ramsey. So it came from inside the home. So keep that in mind. He didn't have this prepared in advance. Or if he did have it prepared, he wanted to write another one. Either way, he took paper that was owned by the Ramseys on their pad of paper with their pen and wrote this letter. Mm -hmm. Now, there was a scratch on the pad of the paper that police noted that was the start of the letter that said Mr. and Mrs. It was like indented. Oh, where that's what they were trying like to do. Like in the Big Lebowski when they, they he does the thing with the pencil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the reason that's important is because if they just addressed it to Mr., it may have been like an ex-employee or someone that was targeting him. Mm -hmm. But as it was addressed to both at first it may have not just been targeting him. It may not have been just a revenge thing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you the, the very 
overview of, of who John Ramsey is. And then I'm going to talk about his background later. But he's a very successful businessman. His company, Access Graphics, was acquired by Lockheed Martin. Oh, wow. So there you have another potential list of, you know, Lockheed Martin. They do the defense contracts yeah. for all the weapons and stuff. Mm-hmm. Handwriting analysis was done. Immediately, John submitted all his samples of every letter, all the things he's written. He, he was completely ruled out. Patsy, his wife, was not ruled out, but she was low on the spectrum of it could have been her. Keep did, that in mind. Did they do the backwards handwriting left hand? Oh, these are too? these are detectives. They spent months looking at this. Hmm. So they, they could not rule Patsy out completely, but they did rule John out as the writer. Listen carefully. We are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign faction. Who would use the word a small foreign faction? Mm-hmm. You'd have to know business pretty well. Of course, if the Ramses wrote the ransom note to cover up what really happened to their daughter that night, the suggestion that the kidnappers were enemies of America could have been a deceptive attempt to garner sympathy and support from the American public. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that is a thing. Which is interesting because <laughs> yeah. this is also pre 9-11. Yeah. This guy also points out the word we do respect you, later removing the word do. Because do is an empathic word that indicates a feeling of admiration almost for Mr. Ramsey. But then he crosses it out almost to contradict himself and not show respect. It's like an evil genius wrote this note. If you look at the S's on business, one thing I noted, the first two S's are completely different than the other two S's. Mm Mm-hmm completely different it's really weird to write the same word and then have the half the letters completely different i know that this is at they found her at 5 52 a.m so if we're going with an intruder theory well, oh not, i miss a fat cat yeah we'll tell you don't that, say but, that if you're a foreigner i don't yeah. think at this time we have your daughter in possession she is safe and un- unharmed and if you want her to see 1997 you must follow our instructions to the letter which is crazy because who would say if you want her to see 1997? Like, who says that? Agreed. That's weird. Like, who who says, the, but then again, it's December 25th, 1996. Mm-hmm. If you want her to see, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you want her to see the next year, like, who, I, I feel like it's either, like, Someone, trying to, trying to, like, point out the fact that they're a foreigner and they don't know that that's not how we say it oh if you want to see 1997 like no one says that either that or it's someone that knows that she had something big coming up like someone who knows that the parents had big plans for her in that year like how many pageants did she win in 1996 you know what i mean like if you want her to see the next year in 1997 like if you have all these plans for her to be to you know to do all these things in the next year which could have held some significance for the parents then um you know, that's that's something you will withdraw one hundred and eighteen thousand dollars from your account. One hundred thousand dollars will be in one hundred dollar bills and the remaining eighteen thousand and twenty dollar bills. That is such an odd freaking sum of money. They said it was the exact amount of John's bonus that yeah. year. Yeah. It's not the exact bonus, but it was close to John's bonus that year for his Christmas bonus. So either. But there's, I'm in the wrong fucking business. There is a retired detective named Lou Schmidt that had a very alternative theory. 
is actually very convincing too. At the time, $118,000 would convert to Mexican pesos at a million dollars, like almost to the numeral, Hmm. literally. Could the killer have been wanting to flee to Mexico? I think the more plausible theory is that they knew John's Christmas bonus. And if it was a small foreign faction that was trying to get revenge on this corporate fat cat or whatever, then they would use it. They don't care about $118,000. I mean, that's nothing to him. What's $118,000? He lives in like a $5 million home. Mm-hmm. He'll pay that shit in a second. The money was never the thing. They wanted him to see that number, $118,000, and instantly he'll know that's how much his bonus was. So it's like, oh, I killed my daughter because mm-hmm. this is my responsibility because does that make sense? I don't know. Uh, it's probably not a coincidence. I mean, it's definitely not a coincidence, especially if people if they if there is truly someone out there who's holding this ransom. I feel like they probably would have done more than one hundred and eighteen thousand dollars. You know, mm-hmm. like if it is. So it's either someone that's very specific and you're right, like maybe out for revenge. This letter is why that pedophile in prison did not, I don't believe, kill this girl. You really think he's going to write something like this? I mean, can you even write something this brilliant? I mean, this is genius. Well, as far as misdirection, you have no fucking clue who wrote this thing. Make sure that you bring an adequate size attache to the bank. When you get home, you will put the money in a brown paper bag I will call you between 8 and 10 a.m. tomorrow and to to instruct you on delivery. One of the theories was, all right, Burke killed him, the son, Burke. A 10-year-old kid, you think he knows what the word attache is? I don't know what that word is. Exactly. It's a briefcase, but only like rich people use that word. So attache is actually a French term. The more American term would be briefcase. So I don't know if that was just a like a misdirection ploy or not, but it's obviously an educated writer writing this with the intent to misdirect. It's got to be because no one would use the word attache and then a brown paper bag in the same fucking sentence. I agree. You know what I'm saying? So you and to use the word attache, you have to be familiar with business, at least at least foreign business, which will. Or have taken a French class. I'd also like to comment on where it says where they cross out delivery and put in pickup. Like it almost takes the the action of the exchange from one perspective to another. It almost takes it up like hence a, a what's the word earlier delivery would be like we're giving you your daughter. But they cross that out and say pick up, which means you're picking up your daughter. Do- yeah, I don't know. You don't, Do you see what I'm saying? It kind of yeah. puts it from like a first person to a third person. All right, the cops get there that morning at 6 a.m. The detective that's on the scene, she was the only one at the time, and she had no backup. Her name was Linda Arndt. The reverend came over. One of the neighbors came over. Fleet White came over. There was cops, like, in and out. Like, it was just not a controlled scene. So in order to control the situation, Linda Arndt tells John Ramsey and the neighbor fleet white to go check around the house. And at 1 PM, they go down to the wine cellar. John and fleet went through the basement room by room past the table set up with Burke's electric trains. They came upon the broken window where they found several small splinters of glass on the floor. John and fleet notice a suitcase resting near the window. 
if there had been an intruder and the window was his point of exit, he could have used it as a step. And I'll show you the briefcase. All these pictures will be for our talk as Primo's on the forum. They look through the crawl spaces under the dining room, then retrace their steps into the furnace room, coming into the wine cellar door, which didn't actually hold wine at the time. It was just like a junk basement. But as soon as John opened the door, he saw something. And according to White scream, oh, my God, oh, my God, his daughter, John Bonet, was in the wine cellar laying on the ground with her like favorite white blanket. All right, number one, you have a possible kidnapping and the detective let one of the prime suspects roam around his own home. You know, he could tamper with evidence or whatever. Now you have one of the prime suspects actually finding the body. That's not a good thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the police literally disbanded after this case. I mean, a lot of people quit. A lot of people got fired. It was just not good. Unfortunately, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. especially because you think it's a kidnapping. You don't think anyone's going to be there, but everyone should have left the house mm-hmm. and they should have brought in a squad and yeah. fucking checked everything. Mm-hmm. Because even if there wasn't a body, you can still dust for fingerprints and footprints and all this shit. But also, like, obviously you see a ransom note like that and your first instinct is to call 911, right? But at the same time, while you're waiting to, for the police to come, wouldn't you search your house? No, because you, they wouldn't think the body would still be like you would if you, if someone's taking your daughter, you wouldn't think she'd still be in the house. I mean, this is a three story house. Wouldn't you search your house for like break ins, like instances of break ins in the cellar where that window was, or like in the front door, see if there was breaking and entering, or see if any of the other windows in the house were left like ajar or. Or anything like that, wouldn't you look? I was just saying, if you were kidnapped and there was a ransom note, who the the hell is going to kidnap me? I'm just being (laughs) hypothetical. Okay, if someone kidnapped, who wants me? (laughs) If someone kidnapped Stella and I walk in and there's a ransom note on the middle of the floor, I read the ransom note. I'm going to call nine one one, but I'm still going to check every fucking room in the house and be like, she's really not here. At five fifty two, this is when they call the police. Now that means that. If there was an intruder, that means that the how long were they in the house for? Are they going to be in the house for to write an almost three-page long ransom note? So if they're in the house for that long, like there's going to be some point of entry, like you you know what I mean? You're not and even if you're asleep, that ransom note was written prior to the murder. But it was written in the house. Exactly. But so like they were in the house for a while. Yeah, exactly. Saying. Well, they were gone for a while. They were gone all day. They could have been in there all day. All right, I do want to say that you I mean you guys seen the interior of the house is very choppy. It's is very boxy. Okay. Yeah, definitely. There's not, a, not an yeah. open floor plan at yeah, all. Yeah, say no yeah. open concept back in the 90s. Um, but it was a nice house, you know. John yeah. Douglas says inside I observed that because of the inherent design of the house and the additions the Ramses had made, the flow from one part of the home to another was choppy. You couldn't even walk from one room to another without coming to a dead end. The home was well furnished with both contemporary pieces and antiques. Two staircases led from the first to the second floors, one being the spiral set where Patsy found the ransom note. You would need some agility to carry a large package or something the size of a six-year-old, up or even down those stairs because she was abducted from the upstairs bedroom. The master bedroom converted from the attic on the third floor seemed tucked away, which is where JonBenet was, 
removed from the rest of the house. John had workspace up there and Patsy had elaborate separate bedrooms and closets. So to get the the girl's body all the way downstairs. And he also says there was hardly no exit there. If the intruder was seriously waiting in, is it, he's very vulnerable at that spot in the basement. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a very tight spot to get out of. Does that make sense? I'd also like to comment on the suitcase. The photograph of the suitcase that was taken, the the suitcase was still perfectly perpendicular to the wall as a step. Do you think a suitcase do you think a suitcase will support the weight of an adult without being displaced would, at all? It would probably topple over after you lift yourself up. If I stepped on a suitcase, I'd step right through it. Well, if you're, it, it's it was one of those hard shell like old school suitcases. It would crack. It would. You might be able to hold yourself up on it for a second, but my guess is that it. If you're climbing out of a window, you hold, put a foot up on it, get out the window, get your second foot up on it. It's probably not going to stay standing. Yeah, it's probably going to topple over, or at least be shifted. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. I agree. And if it were me. Trying to get out of a window, which we all know would take quite a while. I wouldn't put the suitcase perpendicular to the wall. I put it parallel. That way it's closer to the wall because you have a wider base to step on. If you put it perpendicular, you have to go forward instead of like trying to shimmy up, being against the wall and trying to shimmy up. It's Very almost good point. like it's almost like you have to step up and out. Yes. That's but a very at the good same point. time, it doesn't give you a base. That's right. You like have nothing to hold on to. Exactly. Really. That makes sense. Also, speaking of the broken window, so I think it's very. So the father clearly knew that there was a broken window. Mm-hmm. What are the odds that someone else knows that there's a broken window down there? Mm-hmm. Because okay, so if you're a random person or someone, I mean, maybe this person monitors the ha- monitored the house mm-hmm. very well and saw it, but if you're a stranger. It's almost like he put the body down there and then he's like, oh, shit, there's this broken window. Perfect escape. Yeah, but, but he didn't. How did he get into the house? Yeah, but not only that, remind me if I, I mean, I might be getting too ahead of myself. So future John, if I am, you can feel free to cut this. But if I'm not, you can leave this. What are the chances? There's a broken window. There were they said that there were pieces of glass like mm-hmm. fibers of glass in the bottom he thought okay well that's because of the broken window but what number one this is kind of in support of the intruder theory like the fact that there were fibers of of broken glass but um like wouldn't you have cleaned those up but in in def- in defense of the non-intruder theory was there dna found like was were there yeah if you are you going to climb through a broken window that's not like that has shards of glass that are sticking out and not leave any DNA, not get cut, not leave any ripped pieces of clothing and like you're a millionaire, you can't afford to get that broken window fixed. Well, I've 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 known millionaires that are really absent-minded like that. Yeah, like, but yeah, like they'll okay. say Oh, yeah, I got to get that fixed. So I thought that was already fixed. That's like, I can true. see that. That's like, true. But I mean, it's, it's, it's also in Colorado where, like, there's snow. Yeah, but it's a that was in the basement of a third floor house. So I mean, it, they never go down there. Yeah. I mean, but, you saw how messy it was. That was a junk room. True. But, like, 
if it snows, you also you have to worry about snow, about flooding. If the snow, if it starts to like flood in there, then you got to worry about mold. You got to worry about critters, mm-hmm. animals coming in and oh, out of hell the house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's not something. Like at least you got to board it up or something. Or wasn't there like was, was there a bar in front of it or something? I don't remember. Yeah, it was a great like a, a great drainage yeah. grate. Who suggested for you? This is John Ramsey. Linda Arndt. She said, take Fleet White with you and search the house. See if you notice anything out of the ordinary. He should not have been allowed to search that house by himself. He could have tampered with evidence Mm -hmm. without even knowing that it was evidence. That's a critical mistake. So where did you begin? Went down to the basement. Why start there? It's the most logical entry point. Went into the, we called it the train room. The kids had a train set up in this. There was a window open. There was a suitcase sitting under the window which shouldn't have been there and i noted that and mentioned it to fleet i said that shouldn't be there i was just going through methodically every square inch of that basement and i opened the door and there's john Bonet. i mean i had this rush of thank god i found her and it was just this overwhelming sense of joy that i'd found my child and her hands were tied over her head she had tape on her mouth i immediately took the tape off her eyes were closed now I could be rem- remembering, uh, I could be mi- misremembering this, but when I was watching, and w- without revealing a lot of information, when I was watching the other, the documentary that they put out on CBS, not just a Doctor Phil interview, they redid the whole John Bonet case. Which, when we're done with this case, would be really cool to watch if you guys want. Um, and I feel like I remember them saying that he took it upon himself to go search the house, hmm. and there was multiple people that said that. So. Linda Arndt, the detective, she gets there all by herself. Now, for three hours, she's the only detective at the residence. But the police at the time didn't know it was a murder situation. But still, they botched the whole thing. There was too many civilians in there. There were eight civilians in there roaming around the house, tampering with evidence. They put the son, Burke, they took him away to like a friend's. So a potential witness is now gone out of the crime scene. The dad, John Ramsey, ripped the duct tape off his daughter's mouth, mm-hmm. which I mean, any man would do. But still, I mean, how, there, there might be a thing. Another that, person. Yeah, yeah exactly. Now you have so many people touching evidence that is so crucial to solve a case like this. And it's just completely contaminated. Mm-hmm. Ten o'clock comes and goes and there's no acknowledgement within the house from anyone that the deadline imposed by the author of the ransom note has come and gone. And I see John Ramsey carrying John Bonet up the last three steps and everything that I had noted that morning that stuck out instantly made sense. She clearly thinks he killed mm-hmm. her. Oh, yeah. Or someone in the family killed no, her. No, she thinks he and killed her. He was clearly dead. Then she's been dead for a while. And John leaned down and we had a nonverbal exchange I will never forget. And as we looked at each other, I remember, and I wore a shoulder holster, tucking my gun right next to me and consciously counting I've got 18 bullets because I didn't know if we'd all be alive when people showed up. Okay, on March 19th, 1999, the detective Linda Arndt resigned from the department. John Douglas says, to me, this represented just one more example of an investigation in disarray. 
Arndt described how she had looked into John Ramsey's eyes and knew what had happened. The inference most people drew from her statement was John was the killer. Now, keep in mind, John Douglas is pro-Ramsey. Steve Thomas, one of the chief investigators, having access to the same evidence that Arndt had available, concluded that Patsy had been the killer and John wasn't involved until the cover-up. I just have to... Now, if, if you tacos haven't figured it out yet, I am in the camp that there's family involvement in this crime. Um, now, I'm going to try to remain partial. Impartial. Listen, impartial, thank you. Thank you. I'm trying to remain impartial. I know, John, you said she was the only detective that, that, were, that was there. There were patrolmen that showed up. True. Right. That, that was an interesting little tidbit that she shared. There were. And when they search a, a premises... You're going to tell me they're not going to walk into a closet? It was locked. That door was locked to the wine cellar. I know, but still, you don't think they would try to, like, open what, bust it down? It's a missing person. But the, the, if it's a they missing to, person, then, then why would need, it be in that? Why would she be in the house? Then they need to ask for access to that closet, then. there, Yeah, there are some very strange things about this. And I, based on the detective, I mean, granted... She she at least did call the police for backup. Yeah, for them to come. I think we all know she shouldn't have asked those that her the father and that guy to help finish searching. But they said it was to break the tension in the house. Very strange that the deadline passed and nobody said anything. If that was me, I would be watching the clock, counting every second, and th- that would but be a also big deal. She, I mean, she said that the. That she arrived at eight ten, which is before. I mean, after the after the the start of it, yeah. So, I mean, but even if they did call in those ten minutes, that would have said something. Yeah, everything was botched because she could not control a crime scene. So she was vilified in the media. Everyone's right. like, "Why'd you do all this? Why'd you let this thing go to shit?" So yeah, of course she's going to come out and blame because she's like, her reputation's fucked. Yeah, but at the same you know? time, like. If you have a missing person and you call for backup, it's a six-year-old girl. That's like, that's not just like, okay, like, we'll get to it later. But like. Yeah, but she's a detective. Like, she goes to training for this. Like, she she should not have let people. She should have kept everyone in the same room. If, if I don't disagree with If they're that, waiting on the phone call, they should have kept everyone in the same room. with I agree. Don't disagree. I, I, I agree. Yeah. And she didn't. She let people run around. There was a freaking reverend praying over everyone, for Christ's sake. I I mean, who the fuck even let that dude in? I totally agree with that part. We're just saying there's some weird parts about it. Her seeing something in John's eyes, her, I mean, and people perceive things differently. So even if there was a nonverbal communication, like, and she thought, oh shit, he's the killer. Like, I know that he's the killer. If it were me looking into his eyes, who am I to say that, you know, I would have that same exact reaction? Maybe I would say, oh, shit, he knows something. He's involved in some way. You yeah, know what I mean? That's not, like, conclusive evidence, though. That's just that's true. She's, no, it's not. She's going Literally. with the gun. There's eight people in the house. Number one, why would you need 18 bullets? You think everyone's going to gang up and just kill you? Like, what the fuck was she thinking? Like, even the pastor that was there is going to be like, all right, we got to take care of this bitch. No, a fucking federal investigator? I don't think that she... Like, who... She I thought think, she was going to die there? No, I think that you're interpreting it wrong. No, I think, she said she had 18 bullets and she didn't know who was going to last. That's yeah, exactly but, what she said. Yes, but you have to think when she when you take a look at the... Now, now okay, 
I guess you would know this because you were in the military. This is a civilian talking. I have no idea what I'm talking about, I guess. But like maybe when you're filing a police report, obviously, you know, if you if you hit someone, you're going to and you see how many holes are in that body. You know how many shots were unloaded unless you don't. If you're just shooting rapid fire, like it's like in the police report. All right. I unloaded three shots. How many bullets did I have left? Fifteen. I had 18 bullets. So I unloaded three shots. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you're talking about a family and like a a reverend and like a neighbor. Like, I mean, these like what does she think is going to happen? Everyone's just going to pull out a bunch of Glocks and start shooting at her. A federal agent? Like, I don't think I don't, she thought. I don't think that she thought that everyone. everyone. I think she thought that John, John was, was going to kill her right there in the home. I That's what. And I how the so. fuck would he explain That's, that? Well. That's what know. she had her 18 bullets for. She had 18 she knew it. fucking bullets. She needs to be thrown off the force. Number one, you need 18 bullets to take care of one person. No, that's not what she's and saying. Number one, why would you come out? It's, she she got a lot of shit for this case. She came out on this and basically everyone now thinks he's the killer because of this video. But the truth is, and then maybe he may be, but she fucked this whole investigation up. The whole she crime scene, she fucked it up. She made some mistakes. I'm not saying she was innocent, but I think that you're interpreting her comments incorrectly. What do you mean? You're saying that she thought that she needed 18 bullets to take care of one person. No, I'm saying she didn't need any bullets. She wasn't going to be murdered by anyone. That's crazy talk. I mean, this is like... she. Well, okay, I think she is thinking... Oh my God, the killer's right in front of me. And he now knows that I know. And so he's going to take me out right here. If he tries to kill me, I know I've got 18 bullets ready to come right back. Yes. 18 bullets. You don't need her. You don't need, you don't I would, I would just, if I was her in that situation, I'd be like, all right, dude. She's not saying, I know you know, we know you know, and I know you know. She's not saying she needs 18 bullets. She's saying, okay, at least I know I have. I know what I have on me in case of an emergency. No, but she she made it seem like John was a killer. She She did. Absolutely does. She does. As a as a person that should not be coming out and doing a video like this. Totally agree with that. She should be non biased on this. And she's literally like, I know who did it. I had eighteen bullets ready to kill. Like Okay, like you dumb idiot. Like fuck. I see what you're saying, but I think you're I think I disagree with the perspective. It doesn't change the statements that she made, maybe what she's saying. But three years after these events, when she had left the Boulder Police Force, aren't recalled the scene differently when she appeared on nationally. Oh, differently. On, so that's different. Yes. Yeah. So when they when the police got there, they were very compassionate towards the Ramseys. Like, I, I can't believe this happened to you now. Ah, yeah. And okay, her police okay. report is completely different from what she's saying now. Completely. Well, why different. Why didn't you say that in the first because place? Because y'all wouldn't let me. All right. Listen. But three years later, after these events, when she had left the Boulder Police Force, aren't recalled the scene differently when she appeared on a nationally broadcast television program. Quote, and we looked at each other, I remember, and I wore a shoulder holster tucking my gun right next to me and consciously counting, I've got 18 bullets because I know, I didn't know if we'd all be alive when people showed up. To my way of thinking, this is extremely peculiar statement on many levels. For one, none of it ever went into Arndt's reports. Second, she apparently continued to treat the Ramseys well, not giving any indication that she felt she was dealing with suspects rather than grieving parents. Third, even if John Ramsey was going to attack her right there, what's this about having to count 18 bullets? 
There were only seven people in the house beside herself, and none of them were was armed. I set great store in gathering impressions through face-to-face contact. But what kind of evidence is this? She saw murder in his eyes? Well, that make I discounted that video as soon as I saw it. I was I like, say, you're a fucking if, if she didn't put any of this in her report, and like none of this was her opinion initially then i i agree then, then that's, that's just counts weird. Yeah, yeah for three years she was like vilified like they the meteors fucking i get drug you. her everywhere that's why she's probably fucking i get your point now. it's yeah. not like she was said this statement and stood behind it for yeah three years. years all right well here's so these are the crime scene photos shannon doesn't want to see these she's yeah. uh i don't blame you girl hey i'm putting all the crime scenes on talkmar.com for our supremos so if you are a supremo and you want to see some of the photos like this. This Ooh. is the cracked skull. It's very. Gruesome. Oh my word. Go to talkmore.com. Yeah, that's that is the trauma that she had to her skull. Wow. That's how gruesome that was. This is a paintbrush used like a almost like a tourniquet. It was yarn or some kind of twine wrapped around her neck. And then one of Patsy's paintbrushes was taken, broken, and then twisted almost like a tourniquet, so you can twist it, twist it, twist it. The garrote was completely in her neck that you couldn't hardly even see it. It was so deep. So to use that level of force, I mean, it was almost crazy because the ransom note was talking about beheading, and it was almost like they were about to behead her with, you know, just Mm -hmm. that. Oh, oh my God. I know that we know we're talking about a six-year-old girl, but I feel like I need to emphasize that we are talking about a six-year-old year old girl who went through this trauma and it's just so it's 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 devastating this is detective trying to well he is climbing out of this you know it's been said that only a midget can get down into this grate well i'm no midget and i'll show you how easily it can be done this is lou smith one of the detectives that had the alternative theories he is pro ramsey too he doesn't believe they killed him it really wasn't that difficult coming in that window. And often, a burglar or an intruder, if they find a safe way in, they also figure it'll be a safe way out. This is what pisses me off about this fucking case. You have detectives like this guy. Now, he's got, I think it was like a 90% clearance rate on homicides. Over 200 is like 200 out of like 250 homicides, like unsolved cases he solved. And now he's coming out with all these theories saying the Ramses didn't do it. This is why I think, and I'm going to tell you this crazy stun gun theory in a little bit. He's on pro Ramsey and John Douglas mine hunter has said he spent weeks with the Ramses. And if anything, if you're guilty, the last thing you want to do is spend that much time with the fucking mind hunter, the one that started the FBI profiling, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, cause I mean, he's going to know and he, great. and he's pro Ramsey. That's what pisses me off about this fucking case. No one fucking knows great. when we get back. I want to talk about potential motives. John Benet was a constant bedwetter, mm-hmm. which could provide motive. Wetting the bed is also a, indicator of sexual abuse like within the household Mm -hmm. if you're a constant bedwetter plus it provides motive for patsy because she could have just lost her shit right you Mm -hmm. know what i'm saying yeah having to clean that i mean it was like every night like wetting the bed like crazy oh we'll find out next time
really annoys me, Future John, when Future John, <laughs> when I say Future John, cut that, and then you don't cut that. So Wait, I've never done yeah, that. Yeah, you have. When? In a couple episodes. Yeah, recently. What if I did? Your skin? I don't take my balls and, like, put them behind my legs so they don't dang. <laughs> That's your That's personal true. choice. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I. <laughs> so. Uh, I am such a dictator. Yes, you are. <laughs> Emphasis on the dick. Yeah. Because <laughs> we can't have taters. <laughs> you ever wake up from a nap and have a really weird taste in your mouth? <laughs> No. <laughs> like what kind of taste? I don't know, but it doesn't taste good. It's not from the drink. The drink is delicious, but it's like a. I think that's perfectly okay if there are only two dudes on your to do list. <laughs> to do. <laughs> uh, to do sounds like two dudes. It yeah. does. Two dudes in a cup. Have you ever seen that video? Nope. Two girls in a cup. Two no. girls in a cup. Nope. You never watched it. I'm no. never going Holy to. Holy shit! That was fucking. What is it? Well, tell me what you think it is. I, I honestly don't know. It sounds like something sexual. Tell me what so. you think it is, Jen. It is. I think it's something sexual. It was, like, really gross. It was poopy. People are into some they, weird shit. They poopied in the cup and, like, spread around their tongues. That's and, uh, gross. That's what happens. What? Why would people watch this? It was, like, a viral thing. Why would you? Oh, ugh. I get to pick where I want to go. It's my birthday. Wait, why would you care about a conscious? I don't because have a conscious with vending machines. I'll steal every one of those fucking Because skittles. it's stealing. It's not right. Like, even though it's not right that they're trying to <laughs> cheat us out of our money, but, like, it's even though they're rigged, like, I don't know. Jen, like, I'm, I'm trying to get to purgatory, okay? Wait, vending mach- vending machines aren't rigged. Well, how about you just right. get on with it? Okay, I'll, don't tell me what to do. I only said that because it rhymed with it. Oh shit! <laughs> Someone's gonna get hit. Oh! <laughs> Nicole's about to quit. <laughs> <laughs> Snitches get stitches. No. Nope. <laughs> but some snitches bullshit. get bitches. <laughs> At Huntington, we've been asking ourselves: Can we make saving money any easier? And we think we've solved it. Introducing Money Scout. It analyzes your spending habits, income, and expenses to find money not being used in your checking account, then pushes it to savings automatically. Why would a bank do that? Just to help people thrive. That's how we reinvent banking. Huntington, welcome. Subject to eligibility, terms, conditions, and account agreements. Learn more and enroll at Huntington.com slash Money Scout. There are so many reasons not to skip breakfast. So many savory, mouth-watering, tasty, delicious beyond all belief reasons. Actually, that last one was pretty convincing. Stop by for a McDonald's breakfast. Mix and match a sausage biscuit, sausage McMuffin, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Any two for just two bucks. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal.